Hello there, everybody, and welcome to Clean Chats. This is the first on a podcast format. We have interviewed 34 lovely other queenies, which is over my Facebook page. If you want to check it out, shameless plug there. Um, but we are talking to pageant girls, uh, finalists, queens, everyone connected in the pageant industry, um, and talking honestly about our mental health because it's something that we really should talk about more. Um, so my first guest, um, if you could just introduce your name and your title for me, please. Yes, so I am Rachel Heslop and I am UK's National Miss Newcastle. The first ever. Yes, very, very exciting. Oh, well, I'm hoping by March we'll be able to compete, um, which yes. will be very exciting. Um, but thank you so much, first of all, for coming on. It's so appreciated. And Thank you for having me. <laughs> and let's get into it. So first of all, I want to talk about your mental health. Um, so what do you know what sort of age you were when you decided, not decided, just, you know, your brain decided um, that things weren't quite feeling right? Like, were you quite in tune with your mental health? Or just give us a little backstory. So I generally have always kind of prided myself, I guess, on being very kind of, like, emotionally aware. Um, my family were... My mum in particular was always very, very good at talking about, like, making us talk about how we felt and all of that kind of thing. Um, so I always feel like I've been very in tune. A majority of the time, whenever I've had kind of, like, whether it's been stressful times or whatever it might be throughout my life, I then feel like I've dealt with it fairly well because of that. Mm. Um, but then as life does, throws your curveballs and then you kind of start to realise how whilst I thought I was very aware of my emotions, which I am, I doesn't mean that I deal with them very well. <laughs> it's been a long, <laughs> long learn um, trying to figure out how to deal with them. I'm not very good at uh constructively we'll use the word constructively um conveying my emotions Mm. um so for me mainly it was after school like school was just school like I hated school it was horrific (laughs) (laughs) um I got bullied up to school I was like really skinny lanky no boobs whatsoever so kids just apparently thought I was an easy target because I never spoke back um, and tortured me lightly. Um, Ooh, <laughs> so, not... Yeah, so that was kind of like after that, I just generally had a lot of kind of like social anxiety. Mm. Um, I never really made any friends outside of school. Um, like after school, I had a couple of friends in school, but literally like talking could count on one hand how many friends I had after school. Um, and that just kind of to be honest carried on right up until now I'm, I'm very much a family person um more than friends it's only been the past couple of years really that that started to change um but it's just all around social anxiety I just I think it was so much of being made to feel like an outsider at school that I mm. almost didn't allow myself to make good connections with people whether it was at work or college or whatever it might have been um so whenever it came to things like being asked to go out with friends or like people that I met at college or work or whatever I just couldn't deal like the thought of it just would literally like heart palpitations the, the lot it was just awful and if I did go out then I wouldn't enjoy myself at all um 
and that was kind of like I didn't really have anything significant when I was younger that was kind of the brunt of it really when I was younger but for me it's been as I've gotten older that I've struggled more so I mean obviously this year has been tougher everyone Mm. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely everyone um but literally just the past couple of months for me everything kind of very very suddenly caught up with me um I've actually been signed off work for the past seven weeks because I've got such severe anxiety um it's just life just life kind of gracefully doing that thing that likes to do where it's like not just one thing at once it's 50 um (laughs) but um I'm actually really fortunate to work for a company that gives us a lot of support when it comes to mental health um so like we've got an app that we can like we have access to that gives us coping strategies and all the rest of it and they actually also pay for counseling so I've just started counseling as well which for me was quite a big thing to get over mentally of like the thought of going to speak to a complete stranger whilst I'm generally very open (laughs) like talking about like your marriage your kids like all the rest of it to someone that you've never talked to before was a bit daunting but it's it's one of those things where as soon as you start to talk about it you just instantly feel better for offloading it especially to someone that's impartial oh my goodness I mean I find it funny I don't find it funny but I find it funny that when um whenever someone who has suffered like like yourself like with bullying and things like that you always like laugh it off even though it's something that's actually quite traumatic and you're just like you know I was an easy target they kind of tortured me a little bit and you laugh it because it's you know it's like oh you just push it to the side where someone else is listening like oh my goodness you poor thing what the um (laughs) and we're just like oh yeah you know in a day's life um but I think yeah you're one of those like I think I just kind of almost just tried to kind of crack on I guess when I was younger like Mm. I didn't even tell my mum and dad really that I got bullied until literally like two years ago like I'm 27 now so it was like 10 years ago that I left school um I think I only really told them it was I think it was about two years or so ago because we had this thing in uh in my family where like I was always seen as like oh I was like dead stroppy teenager like (laughs) I used to have like meltdown tantrums and all the rest of it Mm. and a lot of that for me was very much like all of that frustration and hurt from school and all the rest of it once I got home and I was kind of in my safe space and I was allowed to be myself but my Mm. parents kind of then couldn't I guess figure out why I had a bit of an attitude I would just then end up taking it out on them and arguing with them and being sassy or whatever it might be so for years it was always this thing where like when we found out that we were having a girl Mm. like I remember my nana being like oh well you reap what you sow I'm sure she's gonna have a temper on you on her oh, like you did say that. and I was just like I was like I just I don't know what it was it was almost like I hit a breaking point I was like do you even know why I used to be like that it was like it wasn't just because I was this little sass part that had an attitude problem it's like I used to get absolutely tormented at school absolutely hated it like all the people that I thought were my friends were not friends like mm-hmm. they probably bullied me just as much as anybody else um and then when I kind of told them all of this and they were just like why didn't you tell us this 10 years ago and I'm like god knows <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea I wish I knew but hindsight is a lovely thing sometimes oh, isn't it I know I know I know it's crazy because <laughs> now when I think about it like if I 
was to find out years after the fact that my kids were bullied when they're old enough to go to school. I would be absolutely devastated. Hmm. Absolutely devastated. It definitely changes the the rules. The the roles are reversed when you're a parent yourself, aren't you? You're like, oh my goodness, if someone did that to my baby, I'd be right up in there. Crazy mum. I know. Literally, whenever me and my husband talk about it, because one of our... Uh, I guess our biggest fears um, with Charlie with him being non-verbal and um, we're kind of going through like autism assessments and all the rest of it at the minute yeah we're kind of at the point where we're like if he goes to a mainstream school which we don't know if he's going to be able to at this point um, but we're like if we go if he goes to a mainstream school chances are he's going to get picked on because he's different I mean it already Mm. started in um, he started uh, nursery in January and within like two weeks of going there I noticed when I was dropping him off, some of the other kids were like, oh, look, it's Charlie Hyde from him. And I was leaving nursery literally in tears because I was like, he'd only just turned three. And I was like, they're already like realizing that he's different. Um, so it's one of the things me and my husband always talk about. And we're like, I always say to him, I can't even imagine him being picked on or bullied. And straight away, he's like, if any little kid goes near my kid. Or starts picking on him, I'll be straight at the school gates, and I'm like, oh god, someone <laughs> give this man an asbo. <laughs> um, oh my god, it's so true though. You protect you, you know. I think as well, you overcome a lot of your own problems because you know that you're thinking about your baby. Um, so going on to, you said you've been signed off. So did you go to the doctors after school about anxiety, about social anxiety? Um, or has it, re- is that something that's recently happened? That's something that's just recently happened. So I, whilst I kind of knew that I always had that kind of social anxiety from being younger, it was only this year when I've kind of had this, I guess, bit of a, a breakdown with the anxiety that I hmm. actually first went to the doctor um and I think to be honest if it wasn't for the fact that I needed to be signed off work I probably wouldn't have I'm not one of those I'm not very good at saying when I need help yeah I'm always probably too busy sometimes but always so busy feeling like I'm supporting everyone else that I'm not then very good at saying okay I need a hand here um so for me that in itself was a massive thing but I knew that I needed to do that to be able to have time off work um and I knew that if I didn't have the time off work, then I was just going to get to a point where I was kind of too far gone to be able to fix it. Mm. Um, I was getting to the point where I could tell, like, I was being, like, snappier with my husband than I normally am. I'm generally a pretty positive person. Um, but I could tell that I was being, like, quite negative and I was snapping at him about stuff that I wouldn't ordinarily. And then it was even little things like, I knew that I wanted to have a conversation with work about the fact that I was really struggling. And before having that conversation, it was like full on heart palpitation, Mm. shortness of breath, feeling dizzy, all the rest of it, like proper anxiety attack whilst I was at work. Um, But then as soon as I actually talked to my manager, like she's just like the loveliest person ever. And she was just like, why do you not talk to us? Like kind of like in the lead up, like, because the company I work for, I work for Apple and they're like, they're amazing. They're always been very um, like encouraging of like employee experience and your well-being and all the rest of it. And she's kind of said like, you're one of those people that always looks like 
she's got her stuff together like so we never really ha- feel like we've had to ask like how are you doing all the rest of it because you seem like you're always very kind of like put together um yeah. so she said you know when you're struggling be talking to us more because like you know we can do stuff to support you like giving you the time off and all the rest of it uh, but she I guess kind of encouraged me to then go and speak to someone because just having that conversation with her where she was asking that kind of like provoking questions like well why do you feel like you have to support everyone like what's the worst that can actually happen it's those kind of questions that she asked that the therapist also asks Mm. that make you just kind of think differently about how you act and react and all the rest of it um but literally like even if even if I hadn't got to the point that I'm at in a minute with the anxiety just talking to someone generally anyway I think is so beneficial because they make you question in a good way why it is that you do certain things and how you kind of process things and all the rest of it um it's been it's been really insightful actually because I'm like me me and my husband will always admit that we've not got the best communication going (laughs) we uh sometimes it's a little bit shout first ask questions later but that's just how we are it works majority of the time um but just even things like them having good tactics and um approaches for like better communication and all the rest of it um just already I've only had like three sessions but already it's just making life so much easier um yeah it's just one of those things that I genuinely think would benefit pretty much any anyone and everyone definitely I think there's there's, they say that everyone should go to therapy even if they don't think they have any problems I think that's a lot on TikTok actually (laughs) yeah it is you know when you're in one of those days but it is it is true that um I am absolutely scared census of therapy I know it works for other people and I have friends who are counsellors but for me it's it's digging up things that I pushed so far back in my head that I'm like yeah I don't really want to visit that but it is very interesting I love looking at psychology I love looking at the way we think like when you said how you you got social anxiety you know with people meeting people at work and not wanting to go out with them or hang out with them because you're already safeguarding yourself to stop Mm -hmm stop the hurt and like what happened to you at school so I'm so glad that your your employees as well to have an app and to have counseling is so incredible because not everyone has that opportunity which is great um, yeah take it off (laughs) yeah they are they are fantastic they're like generally they look after us really well but it's those kind of like things like the app they specifically kind of launched when lockdown hit because they knew that everyone's mental health was going to take a bit of a battering um but yeah it's just as as you say I'm very very fortunate in that I have those resources through work um and that I haven't got to wait to like be seen through the NHS and all the rest of it um it, but it's yeah pretty much immediate and as I say already I feel like it's just made a big difference in just how I think about stuff as well just like choosing my battles with Charlie because like a lot of the time it can just be really hard work <laughs> like mm. the truth of it is if you've got a four-year-old that can't talk like everything is a battle um so it's just like even just her like just someone completely impartial saying to me like 
choose your battles. If you're going to like have to give your kid a packet of sweets to be able to get him dressed in the morning without a meltdown, do it. It's better for your mental health to not have to deal with that every morning. Um, it's just, yeah, having like an impartial sounding board is just fantastic. It really is. I'm but not going to say it's, it's that scary thing in the, in the uh, kind of initial thing of kind of what are they going to ask? What yeah. emotions are going to bring up? What memories? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I won't let Penelope listen to this because she'll hear a packet of sweets in the morning. Yeah, please, <laughs> mummy. The battle, the battle of how many packets of crisps this girl will go through in a day. Honestly, she comes in, uh... like, there's a pa- I have the drawer in the kitchen. It's a big box of crisps. She'll bring two packs because she knows she's smart. She's like, <laughs> happy birthday. Here you go, mummy. <laughs> and she's like, I've got two, so we have to. But it is, yeah, picking your battles. And um, you said that you have your son who's, is he nearly four? Four? Yeah. Nearly, nearly four, four next month. Next yeah. month, yeah. Yeah. Um, so have you, um, have you been able to have help um, with dealing with your emotions and helping him with his communication as well has there been much help or have you had to no, sort no. yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much sort ourselves so we first brought up with our health visitor when charlie was 18 months old that we realized he wasn't hitting his communication milestones um and as we say is coming up to four an hour and we're pretty much no further forward um it's been a lot of like when when we first brought it up, they said to us, no speech therapist will see him until he's two because, like, they just don't do anything before then anyway. So, like, right, okay, yeah. wait until he's two. And then we were on a waiting list for speech therapy for, like, six months. And he had something like five sessions. And then he went back on another waiting list. <sighs> By the time he got to the top of that waiting list, we were in lockdown. So he had oh. two sessions over video call. And now we're on another wait list. <laughs> so oh we literally, it's like wait list after wait list. And in this whole process, it's very much a case of they're saying, um, oh, you know, we'll have to reassess him before we can figure out what's next. Mm. So we're very much like we want, I'm someone that likes to have kind of like a clear path set out. I, I like to have kind of like the expectation set of what's going to happen. A little bit of a control freak like that. Um, (laughs) And no one will tell us what the long-term plan is or um, things like when will an educational psychologist see him to determine whether he's going to have to go to like a special needs school rather than a mainstream school and all of those kind of things. Mm. No one's told us any sort of kind of like that there's any forethought to this is what's going to happen. So we literally have no idea what's kind of coming up all we know is that he's on another wait list for um, learning how to use something called PEX, which is, it yeah. stands for like the picture exchange communication system. So it's, it's amazing. Us, it really yeah. is. I used to work with autistic children um, in a nursery and that was how I used to communicate with him. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. It is, it is fantastic. So um, they told us that's what they wanted to use with him. Mm. Um, so rather than waiting on this wait list my parents very kindly said to us look we'll buy all of the stuff you need for pecs because it's really flipping expensive um so they said look we'll buy you all the stuff that you need to set up pecs like even mm. a printer to print everything off and all the rest of it um so we can kind of get going with it 
um and we thought cool we'll, we can start kind of doing that whilst we're waiting on this wait list thinking mm. oh it won't be too long um and still like something like, I think we've been on this wait list for like four months or something we're still no mm. further forward um so we've got this lovely little book uh the pecs that's got all the photos in it so he can eventually learn to communicate mm. with the photos with us but again because he's he's got such a limited attention span just yep. getting him to that stage where he can tell us things like food or whatever that in itself is a battle um and yesterday actually was the first time that I had again it was over video call but it's the first time I've actually spoken to pretty much everyone that's looking after Charlie from like an NHS point of view around his speech since we brought up his speech Mm. so it was like the special education coordinators for his nurseries um, health visitors um, psychologists educational psychologists all the rest of them they were all on one call yesterday with me and um I was like right finally feel like I'm getting somewhere (laughs) and they were so Charlie goes to two different nurseries one in the morning one in the afternoon they're kind of like linked but something weird to do with funding it's split over the two yeah yeah um and they were kind of going through like you know what they found was working really well with Charlie and what wasn't working so well and they were saying stuff on this call that they'd never told me so like they said that he likes to go into the cloakroom because they've got like a quite a big cloakroom they said that quite often he doesn't want to be around the other children so he goes and sits in the cloakroom with one of the TAs and plays in the cloakroom by himself and I was like Charlie's been at nursery since January given he's had obviously quite a bit of time off over lockdown and summer Mm. I was like no one's told me this before why am I hearing this for the first time on a call with like six strangers Mm. um and they kind of all did like their little bits where they were telling each other stuff of what worked well and what didn't and then they got around to me and they were like you know how's things how do you think things are going I just burst into tears and I think they were all really shocked because they were kind of like oh god like and uh it was like the morning from hell that morning anyway like Charlie's going through a phase at the minute where when he's getting dressed in the morning, it's all around like transitions during the day. When mm. he's getting dressed, he's having like, when I say meltdown, I mean like I'm having to literally pin him down to get him dressed. Um, it's ridiculous. He's going through a little stage at the minute, glorious stage of hitting and kicking mm. and scratching and all the rest of it. All of that really fun stuff. <laughs> um, so I had probably what was my most challenging morning ever with him already yesterday morning. And then went straight onto this call after dropping him off at nursery. And they'd said this thing about the cloakroom and how like he doesn't really like to play with the other kids. And I just burst into tears and I was just like, the fact that no one's ever told me that about him at nursery. I was like, whilst you might just see that as, oh, it's one of Charlie's quirks. Like, I know that he's a quirky kid and he does lots of like like, little strange things and that's fine. Like, he's the same at home sometimes he'll just take himself off because he wants to be away from his little sister um (laughs) attacking him all the time as she does um but I was like in my mind I've just thought that he's been playing really nicely with like the other kids or around the other kids and I'm now suddenly hearing that that's not the case I was like why is it that I'm having to tell you that I need you to tell me more about what my child's doing at nursery during the day um so like we've implemented this uh, when he went back I said look 
I'm sending him with a notebook. I need you to write what he's doing during the day, like what he's had to drink, what he's had to eat, what he's played with, like all of it. Um, and again, they're very hit miss whether or not they fill it in. And all on this call yesterday, I was like, I'm having to push you to tell me what's going on in my child's life. I was like, it's hard enough with kids when they get home to get them to tell you about their day. I was like, but Charlie literally cannot tell me. He can't yeah. tell me if he's been to the toilet. He can't tell me if he's had enough to drink or enough to eat. The poor kid at the minute, I think he's so busy playing at nursery. He's not eating and drinking enough. So he's getting home and running straight into the kitchen. Yeah. So I was like, I'm seeing these meltdowns in the morning. He's hiding his school uniform first thing in the morning when I bring it down. And then mm. when we pull into nursery, he's screaming. I was like, so I'm seeing all of this negative stuff. And then you're not telling me any of the challenges that you're having at nursery. You're just being like, oh, he's fine. So I'm like, well, how does this make sense that he's screaming so much? But he's having this great time when he's there. Uh, and they just said, oh, you know, like, we don't always say all of the challenges that he has. Because otherwise, it'd be quite a lot in his book about, like, he struggled with this today. I'm like, why am I having to effectively pester you <laughs> into telling me what's going on with my with my kid? Um, and yeah. then actually one of my health sister texted me uh, today saying um, like you know that call seemed really challenging for you like would you like me to come by so that we can have a catch up about like how things are going at the minute and it was just one of those where it was just like this is the first time that anyone had actually asked me from their point of view how I was coping with it all mm. and whilst it's kind of I guess like it is with anyone that's got a child with special needs you kind of go through peaks and troughs of it being easier and harder but it was just like it's literally we raised this as I say like when he was one and a half and it's the first time that anyone's actually asked how we're getting on if we need more support or anything like that um because it's just been none there's been no no support at all about um like whether there's anything that we need from them or because just even from like a psychological point of view mm. it's incredibly incredibly challenging and it just seems like that's kind of massively fallen off their radar that's yeah actually incredible because from my experience of when I worked in childcare, we used to have a book we used to write everything how many nappies they had what they've done and then obviously their learning journals but then my child like with Penelope we have an app um and it yeah. tells yeah it's such a good app oh my goodness I wish I had it back when I worked with children but <laughs> tells me exactly what she's eating at snack if she's had nappy changes and then they put photos as well and I see like the learning journey and I see like the stages of development um but it's it's incredible how with lockdown it's a lot of a lot of challenges have happened for lockdown but it's taken till then to realize for them to go oh how are you because no one asks that yeah a... yeah <sighs> it is crazy it is crazy like having kids generally can be incredibly challenging <laughs> but add lockdown into that and it's just a whole different kettle of fish <laughs> definitely and to anyone who's listening who has mum friends ask them how they are feeling rather than yes. just asking about the kids because <laughs> I think sometimes we, we we as I said before we put others needs first and it's like you've got to have that self-care yourself which is very hard especially with 
like your schedule and things like that so take all that in mind you then decided to come back to pageantry after a break um <laughs> so what was the no. thought process behind that um apparently I'd lost my marbles um <laughs> no I'm just um when I did pageantry last time around so last time I competed was about six years ago now um mm. which was Miss International UK and that was just before I got married and obviously before I had the kids um and I had at that point I was struggling so much with my confidence and my self-image so I mean like compared to like now like I look back at my body now as it was then and I'm like girl like why why did you not appreciate yourself like (laughs) like, (laughs) after I've had kids it's like why why were you hating on yourself so much you had no reason to but I remember literally like the week before international being like I'm not doing it I don't feel confident enough to do it I felt absolutely hideous about myself Mm. um and I was like I'm not doing it even though I've paid all this money for everything I'm pulling out and it was only my husband saying like no you're doing it you'll thank yourself for it after um that I decided to carry on doing it I knew that was going to be my last time competing as a Miz. Yeah. Um, because we were getting married soon, and we knew we wanted to have kids fairly soon after that. Yeah. And I just, as soon as I got off that stage, and whilst I loved the atmosphere and all the rest of it, I remember just having this overwhelming sense of I feel really, really crap about myself. Mm. Um. And I've just always said to my husband, once I've had the kids, I want to do it. And I want to feel really bloody good about myself when I do it. Like, I want to do it and step on that stage and feel confident and not have all this self-doubt of why am I even up here? Um, And it got to, it was basically just getting to a point where Charlie was a little bit older. I just had Ella and I was like, do you know what? I feel like I need something that's going to give me a real kind of like injection of positivity into my life. that's just for me um and it's massively done that like I always say to my husband like even if I'm struggling with my anxiety and all the rest of it I'm just like pageant land for me is just like my little bubble of happy Mm. like it's just full of so many positive people that it's infectious and you can't really help but be happy when you're in that little bubble (laughs) um so yeah I was just like had Ella I know that we only want to have two kids I was like I'm gonna put some time back into myself and do something that I know is gonna make me happy um so yeah it got to kind of this time last year and I was like right I'm gonna do Galaxy obviously this was before Covid and all the rest yeah it's like right (laughs) following March do Galaxy Covid had other ideas so now we're doing UK's National Miss. <laughs> it was like, bye me, fans. Yeah, exactly. For me, it almost kind of feels like a better fit. It feels like a nicer mm. introduction back into pageant land because obviously on the first day, it's all very much like confidence building, all the rest of it, um, and empowerment sessions and all the rest of it, which I absolutely love the sound of. Um, and it's like, that's why I'm that's why I'm kind of back into it for like, the social aspect of it, the confidence, like getting that confidence back and really wanting to feel like I've given it everything rather than just kind of half us done it in terms of emotion. Um, So yeah, just, I guess it's that, it's that whole like remembering to invest in yourself. Um, Even like, as I say, I've been off for the past seven weeks, but this last week I just started going back to the gym again. And it's just like, 
whilst I'm knackered and I can't be bothered, <sighs> just feel so much better after like just my little like hour and a bit where I've just got time to myself. I can blast my god awful music that my husband would normally moan about saying, What is this rubbish that you're playing? <laughs> is it really cheesy? <laughs> oh yeah, like proper like nineties cheese. <sighs> it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but it's so, especially as um, you were saying about pageants as your happy bubble, um, I feel that so much pageantry is my happy place, but also the gym is my happy place as well. And yeah. especially with being a mum, yep, you don't have a running toddler or children. You can just do whatever you want and listen to whatever about them telling you, no, mummy, hey, baby shark, or yeah. <laughs> Coco Melon. <laughs> You're like, yeah. no, let me just listen to NSYNC, please. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. And I, like, when when I first get there, I go on the exercise bike first to have, like, a little bit mm. of a warm-up, get my heart rate up. And when I'm doing it, I'm watching Grey's Anatomy at the minute, and I'm just, like, well, re-watching for, like, the fifth time. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm watching it, I'm like, this is great. I can watch it without having to, like, pause it every five seconds. Or, like, I nip out the room to go and change a nappy and, like, I come back ten minutes later because there's ended up poo everywhere and all the rest of it. It's like that whole really unglamorous life I get to leave at home for an hour and a half. It's great. (laughs) I I read an actual interesting fact. It's probably most, again, on Facebook. But they say that people with anxiety like to re-watch programmes they've already seen. It's our comfort zone because we're not going to have any surprises. Yeah, I totally feel that. Like, Mm. as I say, I drive my husband mad, absolutely mad with how often I re-watch stuff. I couldn't even tell you how many times I've rewatched the Vampire Diaries. Like I've lost count. It's it's ridiculous. And every time it's like, are you watching this again? I'm like, yeah, because I can, I can watch it, enjoy it. If I switch off for a little bit, it doesn't matter. Like mm. I know what's going to happen. Every time I watch it, I get more and more detail, like little things that I might have missed the last time. Um, I just love it. I feel like it just puts my mind at like ease and like it's like a little zen place. But I'm watching something new I just feel like it's exhausting I've got to be in the right frame of mind just to watch a film that I've never watched before <laughs> oh I have to do you know what? I have to find the spoilers I am I, ha- I people have exactly to say <laughs> when it was Marvel and I was like okay I need to know I'm still gonna be sad I'm still gonna cry at all the parts you're gonna cry at but I was like I need to know what happens like I'm when I got exactly Harry Potter right to the end <laughs> yeah I'm exactly the same whenever I go to see like a big blossom blockbuster or like I've heard loads about I've been like oh my god did you hear the end I'm just like right google it I need to know I need to know what's (laughs) going to happen it's like as when um I first started watching Pretty Little Liars first thing I did after the first episode who is a into google I couldn't (laughs) deal I had to had to find out who it was straight away (laughs) oh dear yeah I mean it takes the excitement off but you you know then you're not surprised you're not waiting that's why I don't watch horrors either yeah oh, no I'm exactly that. the same I don't watch horror films again that's my husband has to just sit downstairs and do it by, by his lonesome um because I just refuse I can't deal <laughs> no it's not fun we want fun happy films you know <laughs> not yeah. scary films. <laughs> exactly yeah um so for those who are listening um what sort of things do you recommend to really help um when you're feeling a little bit low and you know that a low episode is going to come in um what would you recommend for them to kind of bring them back to positivity I'd say just definitely like make sure you practice some self-care like it's taken me especially as a mum a long time to really 
realize that I have to carve out time for myself Mm. um and at the minute that's whether that's like once the kids have gone to bed I then go to the gym or um whilst my little boy's at nursery and my little girl's having a nap I'll have a nap like sometimes it's like Mm. yes the washing has piled up a ridiculous height like it's taking on Everest at this point it's like do you know what it can wait I'm gonna have a nap um like just really making sure that I'm looking after myself because I think like one of the main phrases that always stays with me is you can't pour from an empty cup and it is Mm. so true like if you are on like your bare bones and you've got no energy and you've just not got any kind of like mental capacity to deal with yourself and kind of life generally you're not then going to be able to give the best of yourself to anyone else um so just yeah really taking the time to like invest in yourself I think is kind of what self-care is all about you really are just making sure you can put your best foot forward in just everyday life just to tackle every day like whether it's like just going to get the shop in like it doesn't even have to be for anything monumental like sometimes you have to have had some time to yourself have had a nice bath whatever it is just to be able to get up the next day Mm. and go and get the shopping in (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes it's celebrating those small achievements you know totally the washing my washing machine is now broken so I'm gonna have to drain it but last week I was like right as long as I've sorted out this pile of clothes that needs to go in the room, it's all clean, it's all folded, it just needs to go from one room to the other, that's my achievement done for the day. I've done. I've won I've won at life today. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think a lot of the time, I think especially as women, women we are very hard on ourselves mm-hmm. and set incredibly high expectations of ourselves to get everything done. And that's what a lot of my recent anxiety has been on. I've tried to be superwoman we're doing all these different things at once like as well as working 30 hours a week obviously both the kids I also have a cake business and an art business (laughs) I like I I, apparently I I just absolutely hate free time um and whilst that's fine then also trying to keep on top of everything to do with the house and all the rest of it um and my husband would say to me like why do you feel the pressure to get everything done by the end of the day like who is it that you think is going to get angry if you don't do it because no one is Mm. it's like you're literally just putting the pressure on yourself and you don't need to so just learning to take that pressure back off yourself like even like just to help yourself out just like little things like I've now got on my phone like a motivational quote app that refreshes every I think it's like maybe every hour or something on my phone Mm -hmm. and I've got it saved so as soon as I unlock my phone a different quote is coming up pretty much every hour and just all of those little things just kind of help to like reset your mindset. Like sometimes I can feel like the anxiety starting to build up a little bit, whether like I'm getting stressed out with the kids, or whatever it might be. And I open my phone and see something that kind of, I guess, makes me reset a little bit yep. and chill back out. Anything little like that that can help yourself out, like just do it. Like even if it means like taking an hour for yourself to go and listen to like a meditation on a calm app or something like that um just all those little things to look after yourself just make a massive difference self-care is massively key when it comes to mental health massively um I think a lot of people have kind of misconstrued it as being selfish and it's like Mm. it's not like self-care is just nothing's nothing's gonna 
like the world's not going to end if you're taking like an hour out of your day so just look after yourself like yeah. at the end of the day it sets you up massively to just be a better version of yourself and be the best that you can be definitely take that nap girls if you're listening <laughs> you know you've got to do it and if you can't sleep i do recommend karma's really good i don't have the app however i do listen to the harry styles um story on youtube a lot because <laughs> that really helps you. that but i'm gonna be googling oh, that straight away so he's just his voice is just so calming although a lot of people tell me that when they watch my videos on sparks and rhinestones that i'm very i have a very soothing voice and it makes them fall asleep i was like okay i'm in <laughs> i'm in the wrong business like uh, <laughs> harry styles watch out <laughs> yeah watch out harry i don't have your looks or your money but i'm coming for your gig <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh so laughing planets yes Miss, there's so much things that are happening the empowerment there's meditation pilates all the fun stuff since we got our pack through um yeah so very exciting using all that um but it, of course it talks in the pack about platforms so we've kind of touched on your platform in bits and bobs in this conversation but can you just tell us for those who are listening um what your platform is and what you've been doing with it Yes. So um, my platform is around um, speech and language awareness. So as I say, when we were kind of going through everything we were going through with Charlie, we had very little to no support at all. Um, Didn't really know kind of where to go and all the rest of it. And that as a parent has been incredibly disheartening and just made the whole process 10 times harder than it needed to be. Um, so I've set up the um, Speech, Language and Communication Needs Support UK group, um, which is basically just like a little online community for parents who are also um, got children with like speech delay or um, have kind of, I guess, specialist communication needs and all the rest of it. So just kind of come together and support each other, um, whether it's just like asking questions about, you know, we're struggling with this particular area. Has anyone got any hints or hints or tips? Um, throughout lockdown, we have people kind of like asking, you know, has anyone got any good activities um, to keep their kids kind of like calm and busy, but is also like engaging when it comes to speech? Um, all of those kind of things. It's just become like this nice little community of people that are in the same position that you can go on there and you can just have a bit of a rant if you need to like just get it out and have someone listen that gets it so I mm. think that's a lot of the t- a lot of the time generally like, that's why parents love talking to each other right because you could be like oh my god my kid did did this and the other parents <laughs> like oh girl I feel you like they just get it so I guess it's kind of similar like it's just having a group of like-minded people mm. to just have a bit of a rant to or ask for support if you're going through a specific thing, for example, when we started to pick up pecs, I could go on, I went on the group and said, you know, who's got experience with pecs? And I then kind of got linked up with a couple of people and asked them how they were getting on with it and all the rest of it. So it's just to kind of carry on growing that really. Um, and then just generally like raising more awareness around speech delay. So I think, especially for Charlie, Charlie's a tall kid, like, Mm. he's been in four to five year old clothes since not long after he turned three he's a giant um so I think a lot of people see him and just assume that 
if he can't talk that he's stupid mm. which is obviously really sad yeah um you find people one as soon as you say like he can't talk he's non-verbal um you see people trying to like almost change their body language a little bit um and all the rest of it i think they just assume that then they can kind of completely discount them from talking like talking to charlie directly and all the rest of it like whilst he can't talk himself he still understands quite a lot um so it's just kind of like raising that awareness it's like one in ten children have speech and language delay or have speech and communication like issues um so just kind of raising that more and just being like just because this child can't speak that doesn't mean they a don't have anything to say but also it means if they're having a meltdown in the middle of the shopping mall because they can't convey the fact that they're tired or they're hungry or whatever it is it's not just a kid just having a meltdown for the hell of it like there's a lot more Nine times out of ten, there's a lot more going on behind a kid having a tantrum than just they're having a tantrum. And that's the same for not even just, like, non-verbal kids, but, like, when people refer to the terrible twos, that's normally because children can't convey their emotions properly, which then results in a tantrum. Yeah. Um, And it's just the more people that have that kind of, I guess, more awareness the better like the amount of times I've had people like tutting or rolling eyes and all the rest of it when Charlie's had a meltdown it's like as if it wasn't stressful enough I then do not need judgy eyes (laughs) on top of that so it's like it's yeah it's basically just alongside the speech language and communication needs support group just raising general awareness around speech delay so then whether it's you come across someone in the street that might be having a hard time just generally being more understanding or if someone that has children kind of gets to the point where they realize their children aren't hitting those milestones knowing that there's a support group out there for parents and that they're not having to go through it by themselves like me and my husband felt like we had to because there wasn't anything like that that we found beforehand anyway Mm. um so yeah just yeah trying to i guess kind of get all that good stuff going um and building that little community is the uh is the goal definitely i mean especially as yeah if you're too free for and you're not speaking and you get frustrated and you know you have to let that outlet out and i think it's really important as well that with mental health you know it can happen from birth It it happens you know like I think it's 75% of children by the age of 14, I'm putting my facts all wrong, like have an undiagnosed mental health condition. Um, because, you know, we want them to be more open, want them to speak more or to express their feelings. And sometimes that may come across in a, a meltdown or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, raising awareness is so important. Um, and I look forward to hearing a lot more about that. Um, but for now, we will wrap it up because we've got, well, you've got a ch- children to <laughs> impaired mine is with her dad oh, 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 child free night <laughs> I can actually hear my youngest has woken up and her dad is currently seeing to her so I'm kind of like oh. my call's running longer than I thought babe I'm sorry that you're going to have to do the night feed and put her back down <laughs> oh, such how that conversation's going to go <laughs> <laughs> just tell him that I gossip loads it's fine we're just talking about the nitty gritty stuff um, but yes I will let you get on <laughs> with that thank you so much for speaking to me and for speaking on the podcast today 
Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>